One of the wonderful perks of having little people in your life is that you get to watch some really great kids' movies. I feel like kids' movies are more intentional about being positive in their messaging. Like, you can watch an adult movie and you're thinking, why 90 minutes of just violence and fighting? Why, you know, two points of character-driven drivel? It's like, I don't understand. I feel like they should be more intentional about making positive messages um, in adult movie, movies too, grown-up movies. I think that should be normalized, but I digress. There are lots of wonderful movies for children that we get to enjoy, and Encanto, which, is re which recently came out on Disney Plus, is a wonderful one. I'm not gonna give away any spoilers, but the movie is about um, family Madrigal in Colombia that has a special role in their community. Each Madrigal child is given a magical gift that is meant to contribute to the well-being of the village. The magical gift is not chosen. It is revealed when the child comes to a certain age. The entire community celebrates the night the gift is revealed because it is not just a gift for that child, but for everyone. This church is what it means to have a spiritual gift. It's a gift for all. Not only are these gifts for all, but the gifts that Paul refers to in our epistle this morning are, are gifts that can't even be enjoyed by one person. They have to be experienced communally, in relationship, in community. I feel like it could be really cool if we got spiritual gifts like flying or super strength or like something out of a Marvel movie, but what is embedded in us are not gifts to make us superheroes. They're gifts that will make us a piece of a puzzle that will heal the world. Paul is telling us in our epistle this morning that we each have an unbidden and unchosen gift, at least one, hidden inside us for the good of all. That means each of you, each of the ones that we see in our community and outside of it, have some kind of gift that God has embedded in them to make the world a better place. Meanwhile, our gospel is the famous first miracle at Cana. Jesus, his family, his disciples are all attending a wedding reception. And in the first century, wedding receptions were very different from ours. They weren't just, you know, a couple hours long and then over. They were highly anticipated parties that lasted for days. So, you know, in the first century, you can imagine, they didn't have a lot of leisure time. Lives were short, life was hard. You did not have time to relax. You literally had to be working all the time. So a wedding gave the entire community a much needed break to celebrate being alive and joining to one another in community. Sometimes they were able to see family that may not ever see again. It was a beautiful, special, special time. So Jesus's first miracle was created in this context, in the community synergy and joy of a long-awaited and anticipated party. Now, there is an elephant in the room in this text. A lot of Christians, some of them Lutheran, 
like to celebrate the fact that turning water into wine was Jesus' first public miracle as an endorsement to drink all the wine you want. And as good Lutherans, we know that drinking alcohol in and of itself is not bad. But we would be remiss if we did not acknowledge that alcoholism and addiction can be devastating to many of us. And so this text lands differently depending on how your life has been affected by alcohol. Addiction is not a moral failing, it's a disease. And while some can celebrate with a bottle of wine, others would be sent spiraling by it. So when we hear this scripture, I want to make sure that we receive it as intended. This is not frat party Jesus. Woo! It's Jesus who has gifts embedded in him for the community. Gifts that are bigger than any of us can imagine. Gifts that will ignite and call forth gifts in others and remind us of the abundance of the economy of God. So it's not about the alcohol. It's about calling the extraordinary out of the seemingly ordinary. Jesus opened up everything with his gifts. And the wedding at Cana was not only, it wasn't just his first public time. It was his first public time doing it, not his first time doing it at all, right? Because Mary knew. I love how Mary is in this text. She's like, they ran out of wine, son. What are you going to do? He had to have been doing this kind of thing for years. This was something that had been springing up in him, and this was the moment for everyone to experience it. We can choose our skills and competencies. We can learn just about everything if we work hard enough at it. And we should. We should work really hard and, and study hard and be diligent. But there are things in us that are just simply gifts. Things that we're just naturally born with. Things that we just naturally bring to the table. And they're not for us just to enjoy ourselves. But they're for the entire community. For the world. We are like a big recipe or an Ikea project. All the pieces are here for us to make something incredible, to be something incredible together, but we all have to participate and share what we have been given. This world is a great, great, big, dynamic, relational group project. We all have a part. The oceans, trees, the ozone, the otters, the eagles, the microorganisms, the humans, the lapdogs, the cacti. We all bring these gifts to the table that are embedded in us for the good of all. If you're not sure what your gift is, that doesn't mean you don't have one. It's probably something that you've taken for granted, something that you don't even look at as a gift, but it's your superpower, your generosity, your strength, your empathy, your smile, your positivity, your intuition. I don't know what it is, but God has implanted it in you for us all. Jesus, in his first miracle, took something as mundane and common as water and transformed it into something that was needed to connect and enliven the community. You, regular old you, with your quirks, with your strengths, with your weaknesses, you are also needed to move forward in the good news of God's love. And the good news is that we are not alone. That there is never something so hopeless that it is beyond God's love and redemption and resurrection. And that there's more to life than just trying to, to get ahead for ourselves. Toward that end, 
we get to help with the grand project of making the world reflect God's love in a more accurate way. We get to actively participate in the breaking down of walls and prejudices. We get to honor caring for those who are the least of these in our community. We get to take part in restoring peace where there is violence and bringing comfort where there is pain. We are co-creators with God and stewards of this beautiful earth that we live on. We are agents of hope. We are bearers of grace. We are love embodied. We are integral to God's work. If God wanted to do it alone, Jesus would have never ascended. God would have never embodied humanity in the first place. This work has always been ours to do. So let us begin. Amen.